Welcome to the Terminal Value Podcast, where we bring you business-focused interviews with thought leaders and executive decision-makers to deliver actionable information for founders, CEOs, and finance leaders to take your organization to the next level. I'm your host, Doug Atberg, and I'm looking forward to getting the conversation started. Welcome to the Terminal Value Podcast. We have Corday Alabi with us today with General Sheet Metal. And what we're going to be talking about is just sort of how the uh, how the supply chain craziness that's been happening right now has been impacting companies uh, like General Sheet Metal. Uh, Corday, don't let me talk too much here. Uh, introduce yourself. Sure. Uh, thanks so for having me on. Uh, the name is Corday Alabi, and uh, I'm the CFO, Executive Vice President here at General Sheet Metal. Uh, and I've been here for about uh, five years now. Uh huh. So yes. Excellent, excellent. Well, um, so you know, f- from from your perspective, I would imagine that for sheet metal, the the supply chain uh, disruptions have to have been particularly, di- uh, dis- you know, I, I don't want to use the word disruptive twice, but sure. particularly difficult because, of course, metal is you know very large and very heavy, both of which are, <laughs> you know, make it mm-hmm. extremely difficult to ship. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, We've had some impacts um, and we continue to manage through those impacts. Um, Specifically for us, uh, we've been impacted uh, from the galvanized uh, steel Uh material uh, type. Uh, Galvanized is a type of steel that we use frequently Um, and also aluminum. Um, has has impacted us as well and stainless steel as okay. well. Um, but um, we've we've managed to mitigate uh, some of those impacts. And um, on the galvanized side, we we've actually seen a little bit of a turnaround. Okay. The price stability um, over the last say probably couple of months um, on the galvanized side. Uh, probably prices have actually reduced by 14 to 15% from the highs um, a few months ago. Okay. Okay. The nice side, that, that, that's interesting because that, that is one of the first times I've heard anybody say the price of things have reduced. Yes. Yes. It's, <laughs> it feels it's, like the price of everything is going up. Absolutely. And we, we see the prices going up in our stainless uh, slash aluminum uh-huh. um, scope. Um, and those prices have, have gone up over 25% uh, from, from the lows. Yeah, yeah, it's been a challenge. Well, so what, what, what are some of the things you've been doing to, uh, you know, to adapt and be successful? Because I think, you know, that's one of the things that, uh, that I think will be a lot of the listeners will really, uh, really enjoy hearing about is, right, you know, we, we have this tricky situation. What are the kind of things that uh, people and companies are doing to adapt? That's a great question. Um, this is uh, the different strategies that we've been exploring. Uh, the key strategy, honestly, is the cost. It's the relationships with the vendors. Yeah. Um, it's this is where your relationships matter. Uh, it, we we you know pre-pandemic we took the time to establish some critical relationships, and um, those relationships are now. Um, the benefits of the relationships are now paying off uh-huh. all time. So um, we've managed to strategize with critical vendors to ensure that we could secure availability of material. 
uh, material that was limited. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you, you wouldn't be able to do that if you didn't have good working relationships with those vendors. Um, we've also um, tried to pre-buy uh, some of our needs. Um, we had pretty much like a lot of uh, companies, a just-in-time model uh-huh. to the pandemic, but we've, you know, gone to more of an excess, a little bit of an excess inventory yeah. model to secure pricing and secure availability. Well, and if, if I could interject just a little bit, I, I, I do, I think it's kind of funny how things work in, in cycles, because of course, right, just in time uh, that, you know, that's what I learned in school. I'm sure that's what you learned in school. We appear to yes. be similar ages. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. You know, everything was just in time, short supply chain, all that kind of stuff, which works great until there's a shortage. <laughs> and Absolutely. now all of a sudden, Absolutely. everybody's scurrying around trying to figure out, oh my God, we need material. We can't sell anything. We can't make any revenue. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and like, okay, we, that, we've got to be smarter than this. There's got to be a better way. Oh, there's got to be a better way than lining up for uh, toilet paper or, you know, yeah. other needs at, um, at, at different stores. So, I mean, yeah. I think you see that, nas- you see that awareness nationally now where, you know, excess capacity, um, especially domestic excess capacities has been encouraged. And, yeah. um, you know, that's, that's been a, a hot topic of conversation in the economy. But um, so, yeah, we've, we've, you know, we've kind of um, secured some, some excess uh, material. We've also, you know, encouraged our customers to, to pre-buy as much as possible or put in orders as, as early as possible. Um, we've also taken the time out to ensure that in our contracts that uh, price escalation clauses uh, are very explicit um, and that prices uh, for different components are, you know, are based on market prices at the time of order, if you will. Yeah. Um, so making sure that that's really explicit in the contracts is, is another strategy that we've uh, undertaken as well yeah, well that's i was gonna say that, that that's really good i mean because of course right you know uh, one of the things that i do for a number of my clients is to uh you know work with them on their contract ba- uh, based expenses uh mm-hmm. you know and particularly contract based expense reduction that that's my specialty um and but uh but i think yeah that's uh you know what, what you're talking about where you're really you're looking at the escalator clauses and things like that um you know that's that, that that's very advanced there's a lot of companies that um you know that that that, that you know th- there's a lot of companies where they'll have have legacy pricing that'll stick around for a while or the escalator clauses will ratchet the price up but then it doesn't come down once the index prices mean revert absolutely yes yes so that's um you know that's something we've been paying close attention to and and you know encouraging um our customers to lock into those um yeah to those lower prices giving kind of the projections um the other thing, Doug, that we've done is, is look for substitute products. Oh, interesting. Uh, is, you know, what can we substitute uh, where feasible? Um, that's not always possible, naturally, but um, where we can, um, you know, like paint, as an example, mm-hmm. uh, looking for, you know, different types of paint. Yeah. Um, so, Wherever we can substitute, we've we've also encouraged that with uh, with our customers as well. No, that's uh, that's outstanding. Well, uh, let's see. So I think yeah, we've talked a, few, uh, a little bit about some of the challenges. Uh, what do you think are some of the opportunities that you see, kind of you know, going forward into twenty twenty two and twenty three, et cetera? Depending on when when people are listening to this episode, uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> 2022 um, may be in the in the rearview mirror. Correct, correct. And uh, with with challenges, usually comes opportunities. Um, I mean, one thing I think we've we've done is um, this period has allowed us to focus on the right customers and the right projects. Yeah. Um, instead of trying to be a, a, a you know one stop shop for all um, and and taking on um, all kinds of different types of projects. We've actually narrowed our focus um, onto customers that we really want to work with and projects that we really excel at. So kind of going back to, to our core principles, our core strengths, um, this period has allowed us to kind of pivot to that. Um, it's, it's allowed us to also look at um, other opportunities like on the service side of, mm -hmm. of our business as an example where you know, those tend to be kind of higher return type projects, um, higher profitability projects on the service side of the business. Um, there's a lot of uh, building system um, upgrades uh, that are needed at this time. So uh, we should try to ramp up um, kind of our focus on those types of projects versus new construction. Yeah. Well, and what, what this is kind of making me think of is, you know, because, you know, what, what I think I'm hearing is that, right, uh, you know, of course, a, a lot of your, uh, you know, a lot of your customer contracts will have, you know, you might have some kind of price escalators built in, but you'll have fairly limited ability to adjust pricing on materials uh, when, when your back end costs increase. Uh, but on the other hand, if you can augment with higher margin service businesses, I think that's a way that you can that you can still manage your overall profitability. It, you know, it makes you think of what IBM did. I mean, this is a long time ago now, but yeah. you know, IBM was originally in the hardware business, and then hardware really kind of became just basically just a way for them to get in the door to sell services. I I, yeah. I see that as the way that a lot of companies are probably going to be moving in the future. I don't know if that's something you're seeing as as well, but. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you can look at the skyline of Portland. It was really, really busy pre-pandemic, um, especially between 2015 and 2019. Um, a lot of those commercial projects have slowed down. Yeah. Um, so um, you've got to look at existing facilities and what service needs um, these existing facilities have. Um, and so we've kind of pivoted to increased our focus and intensity on those service offerings. And those tend to be higher, like I said, they tend to be higher margins Yeah. Um, um, because they, uh, they take less investment, uh, the duration is shorter. Um, so there's less um, kind of labor exposure or schedule risk, if you will, yeah. on those types of shorter term projects. Um, so they've really offered us a, a great opportunity um, in these times. Uh, to balance out our portfolio a little bit. Um, we've also, you know, kind of focused just on execution. So execution yeah. excellence, um, just doing things better. Yeah, that, that's so easy to say. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> says it, but it's just so hard to do. <laughs> it is difficult. It is difficult to do. Uh, but you, you've got to have the right teams. Um, this is where also making sure you're picking the right projects. Uh, projects that you can excel at. Um, so kind of picking those Olympic athletes to, to kind of work on these projects that you can excel at and, and do them efficiently, um, as efficiently as possible. Yeah. Uh, 
So that's that's offered us that opportunity as well. Gotcha. That's, gotcha. Yeah. No, that's uh, I, I think that's uh, well, and you know, I think that's that's really kind of coming into focus for a lot of companies because it's like you know when. Um, you know, because you know, what I'm thinking about is, you know, when everything was kind of running smoothly, you could sort of, you could plan, frankly, very poorly and still get bailed out with some expedite fees. Uh, what we, you know, but, you know, but what would happen is, right, you know, you'd be like, oh my goodness, you know, we're behind schedule. Uh, okay, just expedite it. <laughs> it'll mm-hmm. it'll get here tomorrow, whatever, we'll just pay the fee. Uh, whereas now, if you don't plan ahead, you don't have product. Mm-hmm. You, you know, if you if you haven't accommodated the lead times, there's you know you, you there's no amount of expedite fees that can get it there. <laughs> that, that can get it there tomorrow. If somebody doesn't have it in inventory, they don't have it in inventory. And so almost everybody has to order to production lead times now. And so at least my observation is that just makes planning kind of more important than it really has been probably in about the last forty or fifty years. I, you, I don't know. My, tell me if I'm you, if I'm you, no, you, you, you absolutely hit it on the head, Doug. Uh, planning is it's it's become even more critical it was important um pre you know some of these new challenges it's never not been important (laughs) yeah exactly but it's become even more of a focus um and you know we we have you know kind of daily meetings uh daily planning meetings yeah um at at a lot of our you know job sites um where uh, the teams huddle up and, and kind of go over their goals for the day. Um, and you look at everything from what you're trying to install to do I have all the materials I need uh, for, you know, the next month. Um, so, uh, yes, planning those projects cross-functionally um, with, you know, all of the other, you know, vested parties uh, that are needed to, to, to ensure a successful outcome. Uh, has become even more important. And those daily hurdles are cross-functional. Yeah. Uh, it involves, you know, the detailing teams. It involves project management. It involves, you know, uh, the foreman um, and whoever else, you know, it involves, you know, the uh, delivery uh, services, you know, the guys who have to actually deliver the product to the job site. So uh, it's become more critical to ensure that uh, there's agreement and alignment uh, and there is no shortcut to doing that other than talking either, you know, well, well, and especially because, uh, you know, project management, program management, you know, that that's one of the many areas where I've spent time in throughout my career. And, uh, you know, in in order to, at least what I found is, you know, the, the way that projects go really, really well, is, you know, you have to take, depending on the complexity of the project, somewhere between a day and about a week, like basically just locked in a room, mapping out every single dependency so that anytime one thing slips, you know, whether there'll be a cascading impact or whether there, you know, or or whether it's something you can absorb. And there is no fast way to do that. (laughs) No, there is no fast way to do it. And and it's it's not just about planning uh, once, you know, uh, projects um, get going. It's, It's really taking it even backwards. It's once an award is made. Yeah. You know, a project is it's it's planning really early. The timing of planning is also critical. Um, so you know, we kind of have a process here where we go through a post-award um planning meeting 
So the, 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 the project itself may not execute for three or four months, uh -huh. but um, we, we encourage our teams to huddle up, you know, say a week or two post the award of a project and, and start like mapping out dependencies and, you know, material planning and um, the execution cycle and what's needed to, to ensure um, successful outcome. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that, I think that's, I think that's really good. I mean, you know, just, just thinking about all the things that, that need to come into play for, for stuff to work. Um, well, let's see. So, um, so let's kind of uh, pivot just a little bit. Uh, sure. So I think we, we've been talking a little bit about challenges, a little bit about opportunities. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, let's say that, you know, let's say that somebody is kind of coming into kind of world right now. And they're trying to figure out, you know, or let's say somebody's entering the job market or they're re-entering the job market. Say, you know, say they're changing careers or whatever. Uh, you know, what what do you think is the right what what you know based on kind of what you've experienced? What's the right first thing for someone to do? Um, I you know I think in in the new environment that we're in, um, you need people with. Um, multiple skills, multifaceted individuals. Um, I, I think it's, it's critical that um, people can, you, you know, you, you need people doing just various different tasks. Yeah. Um, you need uh, people with very high um, emotional intelligence, awareness, yeah. uh, people who can collaborate uh, people who can work in teams uh, cross-functionally. Um, and you need people who are uh, accountable. Yeah. Um, people who um, like being held to certain you know, standards of performance, if you will. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, it's, a, it's um, you know, people with just multiple skills who, um, who, have a high EQ, if you will, and who, who like to work in teams. Um, you, it's 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 hard to work independently uh, these days and yeah. be successful. So, I mean, those are some of the critical skills that I um, I encourage and I, I see from folks who are successful coming into the, the new workforce. No, I think that's uh, I think that's excellent. Yeah, the uh, I, I started uh, incorporating that. That, that question to some of the podcast interviews because um, you know one of the things that I hear in some of the podcasts I listen to is be like okay you know if you completely lost everything and had to start over what would you do in your first thirty days and I'm like hmm that's that, that I go that, that's unique <laughs> yeah yeah it's um, and you you also I mean from a technology perspective it goes without saying that you know you need people who are, who are, who adopt to it flexible with ad adopting new yeah. technology. Um, you, you really have to be open to that because um, efficiency and productivity and just looking for new and better ways to, to do the same thing yes. is, um, is critical in, in the world we live in today. So, yeah, well, I mean, I would say uh, particularly because uh, at least this is kind of the, um, um, you know, one of the inflection points that I've seen, I'm seeing is, you know, with labor being so short, it feels to me like, uh, like automation is, you know, 
is, you know, is eventually going to have to be that bridge. Uh, I think the problem that I've seen is that, um, you know, most companies think, okay, I buy the software, I turned it on, now we're good, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, it doesn't quite work like that. No, it doesn't. You, you still need design, people. You have to design, uh, 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 you have to implement, you have to test, yeah. you, have to bug, yes. you have to debug. Yes. <laughs> yes. And um, yeah. you, still need, you still need people, right, to assess um, and, um, and adjust and um, ensure that the technology is being optimized, right? Yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, it's 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 not an automatic robot. Um, yeah, precisely. And as, as, so, so yeah, it's like you know, it feels like that that's going to be a bridge that I feel we'll get to. But I I feel like there's a lot of people who are going to have to go through a lot of pain and agony in order yes. to get it. So it's working for what they have to do. Absolutely, a, a little rude awakening. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, outstanding. Well, uh, well, hey, I really appreciate your time. Uh, give us one or two more things to uh, kind of give us one or two more nuggets of wisdom before we uh, uh, before we call it. Because, yeah, I think we're, we're yeah, we're right about 25 minutes. I like to make sure that I uh, okay. respect everybody's time in our in our, in our interviews. Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, um, it's it's obviously been a challenging, you know, few years, but I think, you know, just staying positive. Uh -huh. And I, I think we have more opportunities as a society than, 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 you know, um, challenges. Yeah. Uh, the challenges will always be there. Um, but I think it's, it's just, it's the approach. I think, uh, having a positive, uh, can do solutions-based approach. Yeah. Uh, how we tackle all of the different, um, challenges that are thrown at us, um, is is the key to, to success um, in this new environment. Um, we have to stay steadfast um, and resilient. Um, and that word has been used a lot, but it's true. Uh, we have to stay resilient and uh, and remember that we've we've overcome bigger challenges. Yeah. The global society in the past. Um, so um, remain hopeful and. Um, and look for look for opportunities in everything that's thrown at you because those opportunities are there. You just have to to look hard. Yeah, uh, absolutely. No, uh, great, uh, great insights. Well, hey, I really appreciate your time, Corday. And uh, so, so, yeah, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Is uh, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, or? I'm just throwing stuff out. I tend to do more LinkedIn, but I, I can't yeah, see everybody I, else. I, I'm, like me. <laughs> I don't have a large presence in social media by design. That, um, I was going to say, that's probably very wise of you. Yeah, yeah. I, I have enough distractions professionally, <laughs> just you know, trying to stay focused. Um, so I think um, just LinkedIn is, okay. is probably the best way to yeah, get a hold of me. All right, cool beans. Well, if you're listening, yeah, you'll be able to see Corday's name in the show notes and just ping him on LinkedIn if you'd like to learn more. Thank you, Doug, for your time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Terminal Value Podcast. Share it with your friends by sending them to terminalvaluepodcast.com. For more information, please visit businessoflifellc.com for full access to Doug's products and services. All rights reserved. No part of this broadcast may be produced in any form by any means without written permission from Business of Life, LLC. All trademarks and brands referred to herein are the property of their respective owners.